Dear fellow redeemed, the text upon which our sermon is based today is a portion of our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 11, focusing particularly on verses 28 through 30. Before we get started, I just got to clear one thing up. Um, Pastor Schultz mentioned it in his children's devotion, that word yoke. Now, I think most of us by this time are probably pretty familiar with this term yoke, but if you're not, it's just this big piece of wood that you lay on the shoulders of an ox, and then you hitch up your cart to it, and the ox can either pull your cart that's loaded with grain for the market, or pull this plow through the rocky soil. And if you lived in another part of the world today, you might have a yoke for yourself, a piece of wood you could lay across your shoulders, maybe cut out a little bit for your neck, hang a big bucket, four or five gallons on each side, walk a couple kilometers to the river, fill up those buckets with water, take them back and you have your water for the day. So why in the world does Jesus say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light? A yoke isn't easy. Yoke is a, is a huge, unbending chunk of wood. <laughs> you don't use a yoke unless you have a heavy burden to carry. If you're just carrying a cart full of feathers, well, heck, I could do that. And if, the, if you have running tap in your house, well, there's no reason to have a yoke with buckets on each side. Well, in order to get what he's really saying here, we're just going to pretend to go back in time a little bit. I'm going to need a little bit of cooperation. I'm going to have you imagine that you are a Jewish person living in this town called Capernaum around the year 29 or 30 A.D., almost 2,000 years ago. You've been a good Jewish person your entire life. The last 40 or 50 years, you've been reciting the same creed every morning and every evening. So imagine... You woke up early this morning to walk down to the synagogue, probably before sunrise. And today is a special day. Today is the Sabbath. You take your seat, much like we are sitting here. You look around, you see a few familiar faces. You now over there in that back corner, there's that nice young man, Yeshua, Jesus. He shows up pretty regularly, you might even say religiously. And then the synagogue leader says, all right, it's time to start our service. This is where the crowd participation comes in. You have a little insert in your bulletin that looks like this. If you could get it out. I think everybody's got one. And if someone has an extra to share with Pastor Schultz, that would be great. Every synagogue service, every morning and every evening, starts with this creed. It's a three-part creed. You see it's all laid out there for you on your bulletin. We aren't going to go through the whole thing because it's about well, a good four minutes long. But every morning when you get to the synagogue, when you wake up, you would recite this creed. And you might say it during your lunch hour and you might say it again in the evening. So I'd like you to join with me on part one, the one they call the yoke of heaven. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Thank you very much. This first part of the creed begins with a statement about God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is one God, and he is one. And as you recite this, it kind of lifts your eyes toward heaven. That might be why the rabbis all referred to it as the yoke of heaven. Because it was a teaching about God, about heaven. And if then, if you keep looking down, then you get to the second part called the yoke of the commandments. Now we won't read through this part, but it's just kind of a summary about, about God's commandments and what God promises to do for us if we keep his commandments. First comes the yoke of heaven to lift our eyes to God and to remind us who God is and what God demands. Then the second part is this yoke of the commandments to remind us of what God promises if we keep his commandments. Then if you flip it over, you see the last part. This one didn't have any particular title, but it was just the burden of our obligations toward God. And that third part, as you recite it, you might look down at the corners of your robe. You see these little tassels that have been woven in. It's a little blue thread in them. The tassels remind you of all the obligations of God's commandments. And maybe that blue thread reminds you of heaven again, of who God is and what God demands. Every morning, for the last 40 or 50 or 60 years, and every evening, you recite this whole thing, the yoke of heaven, the yoke of the commandments, and the burden of our obligations toward God. Sounds pretty intense, right? One simple creed that summarizes all who God is and all that God demands. And if you look at that first part, you might see that one part jumps out. I'm sure you've heard it before. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Or the second part, love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Even the third part of the creed, the reason these Jewish people wear little tassels on the corner of their garments is to remind them of God's commands. That even with the thoughts they think, the places they look with their eyes, they're supposed to obey God's commands. And it's interesting that even there, God says, looking at someone lustfully is like, like idolatry toward God. Could you imagine that? Of course, no person could perfectly keep God's law. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Well, there's only two possible reactions to that, right? Either you say, Lord, have mercy on me. I cannot love you with my heart, soul, and mind. I know all the ways that I've fallen again and again. Or the other reaction, well, God says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. I'll just break that down into something that I can do. I can't do this completely, but 
I'll do something that I can do. So these rabbis, they looked at God's laws, and they said, well, for instance, God says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, which means you're supposed to rest, you're not supposed to work that day, because God rested on the seventh day of creation, correct? And the rabbis would say, well, I want to make sure not to keep, not to break this law. I kind of get caught up in the externals. And in order to prevent myself from breaking this law about the Sabbath day, I'm going to set up all these other little laws around it. I'm going to, hmm, I'm going to not pick up a hammer, because I might use a hammer to pound a nail and that would be doing work. I'm serious here. I'm going to, let's see, what's another one? I'm not going to pick up a loony at all, because I might use a loony to buy something, and that would be doing work. I'm not going to pick up a pencil, because I might use a pencil to write something, and that would be doing work. And God says we're supposed to rest on the Sabbath day, so, well, I don't want to walk too far. A Sabbath day's walk, that's, what, a thousand cubits? So about 450 meters. And the rabbis said, well, what God really says here is you can honor the Sabbath day by not walking more than 450 meters. And then the next generation of rabbis looks at this and says, all right, did he mean 450 meters total, like the whole day, or just 450 meters at a time? Well, what if I want to keep the Sabbath, but I want to go to the next town over? That's, you know, a good kilometer, kilometer and a half away. Well, maybe it just means 450 meters at a time. So, pretty soon, every 400 or so meters along the road, you see a little shed, or a little tent, or a little awning, a little place where you can sit and have a rest, so you can walk your 400, 450 meters, take a break for a couple minutes, grab a sip of water, walk another 450 meters, take a break, have a sip of water, because, you know, even though it's a Sabbath, you've got to get somewhere. They got caught up in all these externals. And these Pharisees and the teachers of the law would say, well, in order to be a good Israelite, you have to do this and this and this and this and this. And they set up all these laws around God's law. Could you imagine that? Every morning, the yoke of heaven, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The yoke of the commandments, love the Lord your God with all your strength. And then all these other little yokes that the Pharisees, the scribes, the teachers of the law say, here, do this, and this, and this, and this. Well, by now, the synagogue service is just about over, and you head outside of town a little bit. That young upstart Jesus is going to be teaching. And he says, he said, you know those scribes and those Pharisees, they got it all backwards. They got it all mixed up. They're so caught up in all these externals that they're missing the point. They're so caught up in all these little things that they do for God that God has even hidden his truth from them. That's what he says at the beginning of the reading. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, those scribes and Pharisees. God hid his truth his divine truth from them. They thought they knew what God really wanted, but really God had concealed it. You have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. 
No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Imagine if you were sitting there and heard this for the first time. Every morning, every evening for the last 40, 50 years, you recite the yoke of heaven, the yoke of the commandments, the burden of our obligations toward God. Every day, all these other religious leaders in your town or community are saying, you have to do this and this and this and this and this. And Jesus says, I've got a new yoke for you. Really? <laughs> What's he talking about? What thoughts would be going to your mind, through your mind? He must be talking to me. I'm weary of, of all these burdens that people keep laying on me. I'm weary of knowing that God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And I'm weary of falling short. I'm weary of knowing what God says and never being able to keep it. I'm burdened by my worries about my health, my job, the economy. I'm burdened by knowing what I want to do and not being able to do it. The good I want to do, this I don't do. What I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Dear friends, Jesus is talking to you. He wasn't just talking to those first century Jewish people gathered around him because he says, come to me, all you are weary, who are weary and burdened. So what's been wearing on you lately? What's been burdening you lately? Maybe it's something that just recently happened. Something you thought was in remission isn't in remission anymore. Maybe it's something that's been going on for quite some time. You know, some stress, some, some worry that just keeps in the back of your mind again and again, just doesn't go away. Or maybe it's just the weariness of that constant struggle between the new person inside of us and this old sinful flesh. Because this new person is completely in line with God's will. And this old flesh is completely in line with the devil's will. And it's a constant clash as long as we live in this body. Now I don't know what in particular may be your, your burden or what in particular may be wearing on you. What cares or concerns. But I knew, no what God says about that struggle. That this struggle, this wanting to do what God says and never being able to do it, this struggle is common to all of us. It's pretty wearisome, and today Jesus is talking to you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 29 is a two-part verse, and it comes out a little bit more clearly in, in Greek. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and then learn that I am gentle and humble. Learn that you will find rest for your souls. Jesus says that his yoke, his teaching is different. This yoke isn't a list of things that we must have to do in order to please God. This yoke, this teaching, is all about what God has done for us. It's not, it's not do this, it's already done. Jesus says, Take my yoke. Learn from me. Because Jesus has done it all. Jesus has scooped up all those cares and concerns and worries and sinful, sinfulness and shortfallings. 
He carried them to the cross. He died there, paid the price to make us right with God. Jesus says, learn from me. You find rest here. I forgive you. I have forgiven you. I forgive you today, and I will continue to forgive you. Today, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's as if he's saying, don't be afraid of my yoke. That yoke of the law, that yoke of all these demands on what you must do, I've done all that. I've taken care of all that. Jesus fulfilled the law completely. It's like Jesus took the sting right out of it. Jesus took all of our sin. Jesus took all the, all the smashing power of the law upon himself. Jesus took even death upon himself. And in its place, Jesus has given you this new yoke of forgiveness and life. He says, I have redeemed you. I have made you my child. We can pray directly to God. We can have access straight to God because he has forgiven us. And with that yoke upon you, then nothing else in life is truly a burden. Because this yoke says, I am God's child. God thinks the world of me. God cares for me, watches out for me. Everything that happens in my life, God is using for my eternal glory. That is firm, founded truth. That cannot be shaken. And then I can look around and say, well, but God, I got this going on. I'm worried about this. I, I, you know this struggle. The good I want to do, I don't do. That, what I don't want to do, I keep on doing. God says, I have forgiven you. You are my child. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so even if you, even if you take in the whole scope of religion or non-religion in this world, you can see it's still divided into this yoke and that yoke. It's still, this yoke is what you must do. Do this, do this, do this, follow your five pillars, your eightfold path, yada, 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 and then you'll be right with God. Or this yoke. It's all done for you. God has forgiven you. God has made you his child. So dear friends, which yoke's on you? By God's grace, you can say, this yoke of Jesus. He has made us his own. He continues to care for us. He continues to forgive us. Thanks be to God. Amen.